Welcome to the Sing Better Fast podcast, the podcast exclusively for serious and passionate vocalists. You are now part of a professional group of smart and motivated singers who want to become masters of the voice and inspire millions with our music. Get all of our podcast episodes, notifications for upcoming events, new podcast releases, and other vocal resources at singbetterfast.com. Now here are your hosts, Jamie Vendera and Ben Valen. Hey, singers, welcome back. This is uh, another podcast for singbetterfast.com. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jamie Vendera. I left Ben out. Sorry, Ben, but uh, this one's very special to me. In fact, uh, if you follow our podcast, you know that we mainly we talk about singing, but I haven't really brought a professional touring recording artist on. And the one that came to my mind that I wanted to get on first is someone who's believed in me for years, who's been a friend of mine for years, Mr. Tony Harnell. You've had to heard of this guy, you know, uh, TNT, Westworld, Morning Wood, Starbreaker Band, a new brand new record out Starbreaker Band. Just so much material over the last few decades that I'm blown away. And I was telling Tony right before we started recording, I was late uh, catching up with TNT. It was like 1990. And the first album I heard was Intuition. And I was blown away by the angelic quality of this man's voice and how he could take it from this this beautiful tone into something almost, I got to say, demonic or something. It was just these, these screams that he could do that blew my mind. So, Tony, thank you for agreeing to come on our podcast. How are you doing today in I'm Nashville? I'm great. I'm great. How are you doing, Jamie? Good, Good. to talk to you. Haven't and you've been, been a while. It has been a while. I miss you. Um, and you moved Likewise. from New, from New York to yeah. Nashville. How's that going? It's good. You know, I've I've mostly been since I got here. I've been working primarily on projects outside of of Nashville, long distance. So, and I also went to Europe for uh, for some shows. But uh, so I'm I'm just kind of still getting my my footing here and, and getting my feet on the ground. But it's great so far. Yeah, it's definitely a different life than uh, New York. That's for sure. Yeah, hustle, hustle and bustle. Uh, I'm sure you drink as much caffeine there as we did in New York because we were oh, yeah. talking the other day. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and well, I just wanted to correct one thing. You said Starbreaker Band, and I didn't want to confuse anybody. It's Starbreaker. It's yes. Starbreaker, yeah. It, yeah. You know, the reason I say that, um, and that maybe it is Starbreaker, but the reason I say because and that's the problem. I saw another, some brand new young band or something calling themselves Starbreaker Band. So mm. it makes me mad. <laughs> Oh. So, so I'm like, yeah, well, let's the band. not promote that. Let's exactly. Promote, yeah. Let's 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 promote the real thing. Just Starbreaker. Starbreaker yeah. uh, with Tony Harnell and Magnus Carlson. Uh, I'm a, he's one of my favorite guitarists. I love Primal Fear. Yeah. Uh, and the new record is called Dysphoria. If you haven't heard this, oh, my God. When I got into Tony, uh, of course, it was TNT and it was Intuition. And then I bought everything. I kept following him. He put out a, a record called Morning Wood. Then TNT got back together. He put out an album called, uh, well, many, many albums, but one of my favorites, which I just told you is Firefly. I, I flipping love the tone on that. Everything you've put out, the wild uh, flowers, you know, um, the uh, Westworld, you know, was Mercury, Mercury Train. Yeah, Mercury Train, too. Yeah. I mean, just so much amazing music. But I got to say, when I think of my favorites, it's Intuition, it's Morning Wood, it's Firefly. And now it's dysphoria, and uh, mm-hmm. I hope you're not mad. I mean, you got three. No. You How got could st- I be mad? It's the last. <laughs> it's the most recent thing I did. It just came out, you know. It, and it's all in it. And it charted on American rock charts. So that is um, that is important to me because I want more rock music 
in the in America. Really good quality music. This is my favorite one. Uh, you hopped one, and I was playing the uh, Bright Star Blind Me. I I love that song. I love the orchestration, uh, the tone in your voice. See, now I'm acting like a fanboy, and I really want to get to the subject of singing. Okay, <laughs> but but you got everybody. You got to check out this record. It, when you listen to this podcast today, and you learn what Tony has to express about singing. Go download, go buy this album, uh, Starbreaker, Dysphoria, and you understand what I'm talking about. So, Tony, you're a veteran. You've been singing for decades, but I want to go back to the beginning. I want to know what got you interested in music and how you kind of progressed and, and became a recording artist. Um, well, I, I started singing when I was very young, probably five years old. Uh, and and I, I, you know, it was just one of those things. Um, I guess you could say I was a natural. Um, my my ear was was pretty good and um, or very good, I guess. And uh, um, I I could just hear pitch and I could hear I could hear I could differentiate between something good and something not good from a very young age. My mother was an opera singer. My aunt sang. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in a very artistic family. So uh, once I got sort of beyond those early years, I. Uh, you know, I did other things. I got into surfing and skateboarding, but I was always listening to music. Um, that was a constant and whether it be, uh, you know, just everything, everything from Elton John to Led Zeppelin to David Bowie and Eagles and, you know, everything that was happening in the seventies on the radio and around, uh, 14 or 15 years old, um, I had a guitar player friend in high school or junior high school, actually. And he was into something a little different than what I was exposed to. Uh, it was just something I didn't even know what to call it. And he, he called it heavy metal. And I said, well, I want to check it out. Like, so he gave me a couple of CDs. Um, one was, uh, or actually CDs. Yeah, I was going to say quit CDs, lying now. Yeah, CDs did not exist. Um, he gave me a couple of, uh, they probably were eight tracks, but uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, one was uh, uh, Judas Priest Stained, Cla Stained Class, and the other one was uh, Rainbow Rising. And so those two records kind of became, just because it was, he randomly gave me those, and he didn't know that I could sing at all. I was just sort of this kid. He knew that we hung out and, and rode skateboards and went to the, you know, went surfing together. Um, but I was a music freak. He knew that. And I just absorbed, I got those two and I absorbed them like into my veins. They just went in and I was changed forever. Like, like something hit me. I never thought of doing music seriously until those records came into my life and and it just kind of snowballed from there i started to want more uh i started driving at 16 and i got an eight track player in my car and a cool stereo and i started going backwards and you know i was buying vinyl and eight tracks and i was getting all the judas priest and all the rainbow and um i just started absorbing all of this music that was in that general category and soaking it up and um and that's just kind of and, and singing in the car a lot i started to sing a lot in the car but i didn't really let anybody hear me and um and that went on for at least you know a year or so until uh by accident a couple of musicians heard me after i moved to new york when i was 17 and uh and, and things started that that's kind of when things started changing 
well, things happen pretty quick for you too, if I'm correct. Um, and it, it, I may be wrong. You, you were in a band called Jackal, and then TNT had heard about you. The, the Jackals, not to be mistaken with the oh, yeah. '80s band Jackal. Uh, uh, yeah, it was '83 uh, and '84. I was in a band called The Jackals, which um, was with uh, Johnny Tempesta, who went on John Tempesta, who went on to play drums with. Uh, with Testament and uh, Rob Zombie, and now he's playing with the Cult, and um, really talented, amazing guy. And the whole band was really talented, actually. Um, but that was the last band I was in before TNT. I started out with, you know, some amateur bands, and I just kind of, uh, you know, plowed through until uh, I got uh, into a cover band that was playing four nights a week every week when I was still 17 years old. So I started getting serious probably at the beginning of uh, right after turning 17. And then uh, toward uh, the, the following summer, I was already in a working professional band. And that only, you know, so, so within, <clears throat> I guess within uh, eight or nine months, you know, I was already uh, doing it for real, <laughs> which kind of crazy. That is, I mean, it's quick. And the thing is, like nowadays, everyone's always talking about vocal coach, vocal coach technique. Mm. Back back then, even I remember this in the 80s, it wasn't a lot unless you were into singing opera. So mm. and I know from being your friend, I know you studied with Don Lawrence and, and you've studied for years and you really know your stuff. What? Why? Why did you do that? Was there a time when you were playing out with your cover band? You thought, I need to start getting lessons. What was the turning yeah. point for you? Well, I taught myself i remember uh you know singing in the car a lot and i remember just sort of uh there were certain certain things that these my favorite singers were doing that i couldn't quite figure out i could i could get almost all of it and then there was this uh you know everybody wants to sing high and whether it would be uh robert plant or rob halford or um or you know any of these guys that could really get up there i wanted to be able to do that and I could sort of hear what they were doing. I, I, I was like, I, I, you know, I, the way that I, how I learned how to sing before I took lessons was the way that I listened. I didn't even realize what I was doing. And I try to, I try to when I work with other singers, I try to get them to listen differently than, than the way they're used to listening. If you listen to really good singers that have good technique, you tend to pick up better habits. So, um, I didn't know what I was doing. I guess having a mother that was an opera singer made me gravitate toward um, singers that had better techniques. And so that's what I did. And I, I could just kind of hear the way that I would listen to, to this music because I was so absolutely in love with music. I mean, I, was ab I, I could not get enough of it. I, I couldn't wait. This is in the days before the Walkman came out. I could not wait to get home. And, and put the stereo on and just absorb the, you know, this music and sing to it and listen to it and headphones, whatever. And I would listen in a way that later I would come to realize that I was actually kind of putting myself in the body of the singer and, and then kind of throwing it back out again. Um, and, and I didn't know I was doing that, but I kind of figured that out later that I was almost like listening to how, what they were, I was trying to get, the sense of what were they doing? And I was actually like, you know, visualizing that I was actually them singing. And <clears throat> uh, 
that was that that was uh, really great because I actually, by the time I did take lessons, my teacher said that I had developed on my own pretty good um, technique, and just from you know instinct instinctual. Uh, but when I got into a cover band, the range of music I had to sing challenged me uh, in ways where there were things I couldn't do that I felt like I could do, but I couldn't figure out on my own how to do it. So that's where the lessons came in. And I got, I, I am so lucky that my mom and you've met, you know, you've met my mom. Uh, I'm so lucky that I got to, uh, that she just opened up the Village Voice, which was a popular magazine, uh, newspaper in New York City, a free paper that came out every Wednesday, and all the bands put their ads in there, and all the voice teachers, and anybody that was doing anything musically in the back, it was filled with all this stuff. And uh, my, she literally just kind of like eeny, meeny, miny, mo and put her finger on a, on a teacher, and it happened to be him. Don Lawrence, and uh, he was not that expensive, but a little more than the others. She went and tried him out because she wanted to learn how to, being an opera singer, she wanted to learn how to sing more like a pop singer for a project she was doing. So she put the stamp of approval on him, having studied voice her whole life, and said, this guy knows what he's doing. I want you to see him. So for my 18th birthday, she bought me a bunch of lessons, and I started studying with him. And when I went in, I told him, I was probably, he probably was like, who is this kid? You know, I went <laughs> in and I said, I knew exactly. I showed him, I sang something for him and I showed him exactly what I couldn't do that I wanted to figure out how to do, which was basically how to, I could sing through anybody that has a big range in their, in their chest voice. Uh, I don't like to, I'm one of those guys that doesn't like to use the term head voice, even though mm -hmm. Even though head voice is a legitimate term, if, if people are able to understand that it's still chest voice. Um, but uh, the way I look at it is you're always singing in your head if you're singing properly because you want it to vibrate there. But <clears throat> I couldn't figure out how to bridge my voice from through, th through the, I don't like using the word bridge either because everybody does, but I, 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 didn't, I didn't know that word before when I was a kid. But I just wanted to figure out how to link, let's use the word link, link my uh, lower register to my upper register because I was singing very strong and pure up high and I could sing through my uh, break because any, anybody, even if you even if you can sing in chest up high, you're still going to have a break uh, where your voice wants to go into falsetto. And so I could sing through it like Rob Halford and, but, and touch on it occasionally, but I couldn't really sing in it. So I couldn't do, I could do Rob, uh, I could do Robert Plant. I could do Halford. I could do, I could sing lower stuff. I could sing a lot of variety of, of singers, but I couldn't do the guys that I also loved that all sang in the middle more like Lou Graham, Steve Perry. Um, you know, those kinds of singers were more challenging for me to, to do over the course of, of a night. So Don, very quickly <laughs> taught me how to um, use my entire voice uh, and, and, and get, get over that. And he actually took what was already a high register on top even higher. And um, so he really strengthened everything. He taught me how to get through it. I mean, w in one lesson, 
I had a lesson with him and I went down and did a gig with my band uh, down south in uh, South Jersey. And all in one in one lesson, it was everybody in the band was like, OK, so <laughs> like they were looking at me uh, and, and heard the improvement. So anyway, I rambled there for a bit. But that's that's, that's kind of right. that's kind of how things developed. early. Well, on. you know what? That's a sign of a good coach. And you might not remember this because we've been friends for over 15 years. But I interviewed you. Um, all that time ago from my old site, the voice connection. And that's, I think that's why we clicked and why you, you kept in touch with me. I said, I love that your full range cause it's all one voice. And you said to me, you know what? You get it because uh, I'll do these interviews and everyone's like, Oh, I love your, your high falsetto. And I'm, I'm like, but that's not falsetto. <laughs> that's yeah. your, that's your real voice. And uh, if you're not into voice, you really don't understand. So, no, I mean, I mean, I think that your average listener that loves music, I don't think they think in those terms, honestly. I mean, I think if a person hears a guy with a high, with a, with a freakishly high register, like, like, um, like Brad Delp mm -hmm. uh, from Boston or, or, or Rob Halford or uh tony hardell well yeah but i'm trying to think of, of of really popular guys like you know adam lambert um uh you know just miles anybody, kennedy yeah miles kennedy just anybody over the years that does things that aren't that you're not used to hearing um i think i don't the average listener just says wow uh, what a high voice and they just leave it at that it's more people that kind of want to um my experiences anyway, that people that want to um, try and figure it out or diminish it in some way or belittle it in some way or uh, whatever the case might be, maybe because they can't do it, I'm not sure. Um, to me, labeling something like that is both, um, it's irresponsible and uh, and it's confusing to a lot of people, and I think it's mo most confusing to young singers because uh, you're putting you know false information in, in their heads about what us guys are doing, you know, and we're we're just as far as I'm concerned. Like when I started singing, I was just singing. I was copying the guys I heard, and I I wasn't under any illusion that I was faking anything. I could tell that my tone was the same as their tone in terms of the pureness of it, you know, um, not the same, you know, because everyone's voice is different, but I mean that I was doing it the same way that the guys I admired were doing it. And well, see, but that's, that's a very <clears throat> pure artistic way to look at it. That's how it should be because I'm, I'm not here to dog anyone, but I'm seeing this trend of let's create an entire roadmap. And well, the, here's the, my pet peeve. You go on YouTube and now every coach is dissecting every singer's song. Well, this is why Adele got notes and blah, 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 blah. Are you working with her? Have you worked with her? You know what? And in the end, they don't know what you go through on the road. There's no, no reason to dissect it and bridge and connect and crack a thyroid and all this. It's, it's, not, <laughs> right. it's not needed. You right. know, just enjoy the artist. You're singing. That's what it should be. So, um, so I won't ramble on about that. Let's actually look through your life because you just put out this for you and you sound as great as you did. Oh, oh, well, I tell you what, um, let me pull up. Cause I've been, I've been listening to the new dream theater and a new, I prevail all the, all these students I'm working with. So I'm over, I'm overwhelmed. Pure evil. Uh, listen to that. Uh, it, it's just like, it's it, to me, it's as bad ass as town hotels. And I'm like, <laughs> 
I don't know about I don't know about that. Oh no, yeah. come on. You could hear. I mean, even you could say, Well, Jamie, I'm not hitting as high as notes. You were really close. The tone, you hit it, the tone. You hear that piercing tone. If you wanted to sing as high or higher than Telling Tells, I know you could do it. How does one go through the 80s to now when we hear a lot of our favorite artists whose voices have become shot or they're not singing as well? How did you maintain your voice for so long? Because you've been through a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, you had the cancer uh, yeah. several years ago and you Almost bounced. Ten, uh, it's, it'll be 10 years in March. Oh, my gosh. It, it yeah. has been that long. Yeah, yeah. 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 That is that is insane. And you're healthy. You look great. But your voice through all of this, through I'm sure what was a drug and alcohol craze in the 80s and all that, you sound amazing. And Thank not you. to, I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm loving on you because we're brothers, but I want to know how, how, oh, I mean, well, I mean, it's a good question. I have to give a lot of credit to Don Lawrence for, um, you know, because he, he is a unique vocal coach. He, he, he knows what he's doing. He's got background in real, uh, real, you know, uh, what is the word, Jamie, the, uh, pedagogy you know, probably yeah thank you thank you but he he actually understood i mean he went to i'm not sure if he went to juilliard but he went to a, a school like that he's old school uh bel canto based um classic singing and what people need to understand is that <clears throat> all this modernization of you know singing techniques is you know, I'm not sure it's helping anybody. Uh, I just I know agree. that going to him, I mean, he is so old school that he doesn't even have a secretary or an assistant. He, he is filled up every day. He charges, you know, he's expensive, but he's, he, because he's worth it, he doesn't have any advertising anymore for years. He's all word of mouth. He's got some of the biggest artists on the planet, including... Lady Gaga, Bono, Mick Jagger, uh, Christina Aguilera, and the list just keeps going on and on and on. Um, and I was one of the first, you know, singers that were was signed to a, you know, a label that was studying with him. But I have to give him the credit because I'm so lucky that I found him at that age because he planted seeds in me, uh, technical seeds in me. That and I've you know over the years I go back to him when I need a tune up and I will go continue to go back to him as long as he's alive uh, and get more tune ups. But I tried a few times other teachers and I I just uh, I'm very lucky, very very lucky. I have to thank my my mom you know uh, for for just finding him because that's just the luckiest craziest thing ever that he's the only teacher I've really ever had and happens to be the best, in my opinion. His technique is, is, is pure, it's real, it's honest, it's simple. It's simple, it's not complicated. Um, it gave me a foundation that I think I always go back to. I, I have an understanding, an acute, an acute uh, sense of what I'm what my voice feels like all the time what my body feels like all the time how that affects my voice if things are getting uh what I whenever I if I'm in the studio for hours and I feel tired 
and it goes beyond the tiredness and starts to even feel a slight hint of anything that could be approaching pain, I, I stop and I take a break. That break could be 15 minutes, it could be 30 minutes, it could be an hour. And I do the same thing when I'm on tour. If I feel like I've pushed it uh, and I have a show the next day, I shut it down after the show and I don't say one word from the end of that show until I warm up the next day for the next show. So it's that type of attitude of preserving this thing and knowing, understanding over time that it bounces back pretty fast if you allow your voice to bounce back. And if you can, if you can sleep and drink water and, uh, you know, eat well uh, and not late at night, if you could, basically it comes to that. If you can if hydration, avoid reflux and get sleep and, and rest your voice when you need it. There's no reason why you can't be singing well and don't smoke, of course. Uh, there's no reason why you can't be singing well. Uh, in, I'm, I'm 56 years old now, um, and there's no reason I can't be, you know, feeling pretty good about this for another 10 or 15 years. I don't know. Maybe you know, I'm lucky. It, it's funny. Uh, Robert, my... Plant, Robert Plant is my hero because he's got to be 70 now. And his voice still sounds beautiful, and maybe he's not hitting everything, but it doesn't matter because his voice is not shot. It's the tone and all the purity and everything is still there. That's my goal. If I can just maintain that, um, then I'm happy. My, yeah, voice ha my voice has changed. There's, I mean, everybody, anybody that, that you know, I mean – some people don't think so, but it has. It's definitely, a, 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 um, I would say it's a rounder, maybe richer tone. I almost like it more myself now than maybe when I listen back to the, you know, to the early stuff. Yeah, that's wild and crazy, and I'm way up in the stratosphere, and I'm really comfortable up there and everything. But now I sort of enjoy the, uh, the more subtle emotional um, uh, roundness, I guess, of, of the natural tone that I have now. No, I can hear that. And I, I um, when I was trained, it, it was, I think that's what we clicked too. You find a coach, <clears throat> if it's not broke, don't fix it. And you, you'll you see singers that are running and jumping and trying every vocal coach. You've been blessed and lucky enough to find a coach that you've been able to keep for decades. Yeah. I'm glad he was opera technique. That's how I was trained. I think that's why we get along so well. Uh, I, I, yeah, and it's funny, I, this is years ago. Well, the first time I was working with James from Dream Theater, and I said, hey, because I was hearing all these coaches talk about this and that. And I'm like, that's not how I was trained. I had, I had a coach say, you need to rewrite your book to include uh, this and that. So I had James in a lesson. I said, hey, I need you to tilt your epiglottic sphincter and, and you know, squeeze your duodenum. And blah, blah, blah. He, he's like, what are you talking about? And I laughed. I said, exactly. Let's, let's move on. It's, it's, it's useless. If you have tried and true simple technique that's all it takes to keep your voice maintained now and i know you actually turn me on to hot uh, you you turn me on to hot water because you're really heavily into health you've actually helped me a lot where i have a skin disease and we, you've worked with me uh but I, I feel like i gave one little thing back to you though i want to mention real quick the pocket vokes <laughs> because i want to slip out in there because i want to know if you're still using it what do you thought what do you think about it yeah, I am still using it, and it's actually the one. It's the one thing that um, that has uh, that. That's it's the only quote new thing that uh, that I've really added to what I what I learned from uh, from Don. That has been uh, I would 
would even go so far as to say, uh, you know, revolutionary. Uh, I have not had a lesson with Don since I started using it. Um, I hope that he's uh, grooved up on it because he's pretty resistant to any any uh, you know new new stuff. But I, you know, I don't think I'm I'm. Uh, I don't think that I'm imagining things when I say that it's uh, <clears throat> was incredibly helpful to me on uh, all of my shows that I did in 20. I think I started using it in. Uh, I think I started using it in 2017 a lot. Yeah, it's um, been a couple years. And <clears throat> you know, I was uh, I-, I was kind of blown away with 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 how I felt it was. You know, what I felt it was doing for me vocally. Um, and I, I just brought it with me to Europe. I was using it over there. Uh, and funny enough, in Europe, people look at me with it and they, they just, they don't even blink an eye. They don't even blink really? an eye. No, they just, they look at it and go, oh, cool. You got you. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're starting to get used to seeing those now because I actually went to a voice uh, doctor in uh, Norway in 2017 while I was touring. He had a whole closet full of them. With, they were glass and different shapes, and he, he was surprised as an American that I had what I had, and um, he was like really really um, impressed that I that I knew about that whole you know thing. But it's been going on in Europe, as you know, for a long time. Um, but in America, when I show up with that, they don't know if it's a uh, if it's a if some kind of straw or that some I'm drinking water out of, or some kind of a weird sex toy, or what it is. You know, they don't, I've heard I've heard it all. Yeah, yeah, they don't they don't know what to think. Um, but over there, they see it and they go, "Oh, cool, yeah, I know guys that use that." And I'm like, yeah. "Oh, good. You know, at least I don't look like a weirdo." That's know? funny because uh, th- yeah, they haven't used Europe for for decades because it was uh, something called Laxvokes therapy with just a straw. And uh, my doctor, Dr. Ilter Denisoglu, for where I, I have the damage, the, the nerve damage from the glass in my throat, and I wouldn't let anyone in America do surgery. That's all I heard. And I found this doctor in Turkey who makes the, the glass version, and he finally came up with the rubber version called the Pocket Vokes, and it is. It's amazing. When I start to feel hoarse, and I do for my nerve damage almost every day, I'll use that for two or three minutes, and I can feel like everything's just coming back to normal. It's almost like, uh, I hate to say it, but every, every singer on here knows if you've ever been in a bad situation, there are times when you've probably taken steroids. It's not the, I mean, it's a miracle drug. We don't want you taking it. We don't want you to get addicted to it. But I'm telling you, and you're actually the one, you mentioned something along those lines. It's like it's a steroid. What do I call it? Natural, natural? Yeah, natural steroids or something like that. Yeah. And, and I, was like, I was like, oh, my God, you're right. That, that is yeah, I, I, I have found from using it that when I feel um, like my vocal cords are swollen, and and there uh, and I've got that 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 feeling that a lot of singers can probably relate to that feeling of having a ceiling on my range. Uh, I use that for uh, you know five minutes, take a break. Five minutes, take a break over the course of maybe an hour or something. And all of a sudden, that little ceiling starts to open up, and and I can get through a show like where I thought I couldn't even wasn't even going to make it. You know. By the way. I need a new glass one because the other one, the other one broke when, you know, so I, I really, I'm not going to tell you what, you know, uh, <laughs> but it, it broke on me and I really need uh so hint, hint to, yeah. uh, 
Hey, you got you got to make me a video. We got to promote <laughs> I'll it. I'll make you a video. Yeah. Hey, look, I got to tell you in this podcast, I'll let the cattle out. I just wrote a book with the doctor. It's called Rebalance Your Voice. It's for the Dr. Vokes products. There are two new versions coming out that you will flip over. They got one now that's a non BPA plastic in the shape of the glass one. Oh, okay. Plus, they got a new glass one that has a valve on it so you can change the amount of back pressure coming back oh, to your, wow. your vocal that's cords. Great. So, but you those are so, really you mean so that I won't have water shooting out onto the mirror <laughs> in the bathroom? Exactly. <laughs> Every time I fill up the bottle, I, I like, and the friggin' water just flies out. And I go, ah, I always put too much in because that's want what that. happened. Because I put too much because I want the pressure. You know, yes. I want that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like it's like vocal weightlifting. It's like, you know, yeah. and I'm sure you started low and you, you feel that the muscles are getting stronger and you can add more. And every well, time what I, I what I what I love about it, not to interrupt you, but no, what sorry. I love about it when you're on the road and you're warming up in hotel rooms or backstage <laughs> or whatever, one of the benefits of that is you're you're using your voice fully, but there's hardly any sound coming out. So exactly. that you're not really bothering the neighbors, you know, around you. Uh, you so you can you can completely warm up and be relatively quiet, almost almost completely quiet. I don't know if you got the or if you've seen the mask, folks. They got a new mask that attaches to it, and so you can actually articulate and sing with this mask on. Okay, so that's what I like when when we're done. I need all that. All right. Yeah. Well, here's here's the beauty of it. They didn't even catch this. I said, you do know. When you're using that, it really takes down the decibel level. So you can actually be in an apartment with thin walls. You can be on the tour bus. You can be singing your songs instead of just vocalizing on and actually work on your, your set before you go on stage or when you're in the recording studio. So, yeah, we'll talk about that. So a couple more questions. Yeah. I don't mean to keep you, but no, yeah, yeah. That's not... you're, you're good. I'm, I'm totally fine. Man. So it's all well, right. This one's important to me. I hope it don't sting you when I ask you this, but it means a lot to me. Um, I believe you're over a year sober now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know, you know, I know you, I love you and, uh, we've been friends for a long time. So that makes me very happy. I, not that it was bad, but I want to know as a singer, how has it, has it helped you at all? Have you noticed? Oh any my difference? God. So I just had two shows in Europe and I haven't, uh, I, I haven't done a lot of shows since I, since I quit. And, um, the, the, I did two up north um, over the summer, and um, they were okay. But you know, I don't think I was mentally in it yet. Um, but but these were interesting because I actually got a cold um, when I was over there. I actually got sick. Oh, remember? Because uh, <clears throat> I texted you. I said you better be using your pocket, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I got sick, and the first show was. Uh, you know, it, it, and honestly, it was kind of amazing. So the first show went like a lot of my first shows do where <clears throat> I feel like I don't always get enough time to rehearse. So my voice is still kind of opening up for the first show. And then the second show is always better and third show is better than that and so on and so on. Um, and by the way, that's <clears throat> for those of you that, um, that are singing uh, regularly, that's what's supposed to happen. So if you are singing correctly and you have back-to-back -back shows, as long as you're sleeping and everything is okay and you're not, you know, uh, that's how things are supposed to go. Obviously, sometimes, you know, you hit things that are out of your control, whether it be a, a bad 
travel schedule or something, or you've got to talk a lot because it's uh, you're, you're obliged to for press reasons or whatever the case may be. So you use your voice too much. But if you take care of everything and you're singing well, you're singing with a good technique, your voice should get stronger as you go along. Um, so anyway, show two. I'm even. I'm actually fully sick at this point. I'm. 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 You can hear it when I'm singing. You can hear that I'm stuffed up. So, oddly though, uh, I was uh, finding these great little pockets um, that felt really great. Uh, there were. Uh, there was a new thing that I don't know if it's the. It might be the pocket box actually that's helping me with this, and I've, it's something I've always wanted to improve on. Um, and it generally happens when you've been singing a lot, if you have a big range. So most people might realize that when they understand it, when they warm up, their voice tends to be louder as they're warming their voice up because you're trying to open things up and so forth. <clears throat> what you want is you want to be able to be loud or quiet. And generally what I would, when I, what I used to do when I was making records is I used to record my ballads, um, on a, on a day where I had, uh, a rock track to do and I would get that done first and then I would make the ballad be like the second song of the day. So I was really worked in maybe even a little bit on the border of, of sounding tired, but not tired. And that's where you get the ability. Like if people um, know my stuff, like Northern lights, the original version or some of the uh, ballads I've done over the years, there's um, a lightness uh, and a, and a, an ability that I get to be quiet, but still be kind of high in my, in my, you know, full voice before I have to go full blast, which is way up in my upper register. So my barometer for being really warmed up is how high I can go without blasting. And when I did the show over there, sick, I was so surprised at how I found this great little quiet, sweet pocket that I was able to sing in on in a relatively high register where I was just really relaxed and I wasn't pushing at all. And uh, I haven't felt that in a really long time. And I think that it was probably a combination of being sober. So that wasn't in my system, which affects your vocal cords and makes them thick and uh, dry. And, and that combined with the uh, pocket box, I think made a, made a, made me lighter and just, you know, that's what I think. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah, well, when you're using that, uh, it actually, you already know, uh, it reduces the inflammation and it mm. helps to balance the pressure to where your muscles do not have to work as hard. I want to end talking really quick about uh, how you recorded dysphoria. Yeah. Uh, did you do it in a studio or did you do it in your apartments? Uh, I did it in my apartment with my home studio. Uh, I have done a few records myself. I started, uh, I built, finally built my own studio in around 2006 into 2007. And I was experimenting with a lot of equipment until I finally rested on what I have now, which I'm happy that I did because it's, it's just incredible. And uh, a new addition but going into this record was uh, an incredible product everybody should know about called the Isovox, <clears throat> which is a Swedish company. It's a portable vocal booth that sits up on a stand and it goes around your head. And it's perfect if you have, don't have a lot of space and you're in an apartment and it's got two great features. One is that uh, it's got a lot of great features, actually, and a lot of great reasons to have it. 
Um, one thing is it isolates your vocal sound in a very tight area, which for people who don't know a lot about recording will make the vocal recording a million times better. And it, it, it really enhances if you have a great microphone and so forth, it makes everything just pop. The sound of your voice just comes out uh, very naturally and very precisely. There's no room at all getting picked up. So you're getting just pure, great sound off your voice and the microphone. Um, the other benefit is it isolates the outside noise if you have any. So like if you're in a New York City apartment or any city, uh, you're going to really limit the amount of noise coming into the microphone from outside. And then another great benefit of this thing is it reduces your vocal sound going out into uh, the, the room by about probably 60 to 75%, which is huge if you're talking about singing rock. So I was able to do this record. Some of the vocal tracks uh, I did, you know, at like 12, 1, 2 in the morning. And I was singing pretty, pretty high and pretty loud. And I didn't get one complaint. And um, the feedback I'm getting about the sound of the vocals on this album is <clears throat> that it's maybe the best anyone's ever heard my voice recorded, which I don't know, you could, you could probably answer that, Jamie, but. Um, no, I, I think it's it, real, very pristine, uh, very clean. Uh, that's the reason I broke, brought this up was I knew you had the isovokes, but I, I also wanted to know what, what microphone, what preamp did he use? Yeah. Because something's different. <laughs> yeah, I used my normal, uh, the mic I've been using for years, which is the, uh, uh, it's, it's called Advanced Audio is the name of the company. And it's, um, um, it's a Canadian guy who takes the, a Peluso and he rips the guts out and he soups them up like a car. Mm -hmm. And he sells them for cheaper than a Peluso. So I'm um, not sure why he does that or how he does that, but that's what he does. And it's so I basically have a, an, a, an incredible high-end tube mic, which is a cross between a 251 and a C12. And it has a vintage switch on the, uh, on the power supply, which gives you a little more warmth and it makes it really sound like a retro microphone. So pair that up with a Great River preamp, which is a Neve copy mm -hmm. a really high end it's a very high-end preamp um they they retail for about a grand i think and i have uh the classic 1176 uh you know um universal audio compressor and that's my chain going into um you know my um uh my apogee into the uh into the computer so everything is pure it's uh old school and it's simple. And honestly, though, the thing that's different than you, that you are hearing <clears throat> is probably the Isovox, because the change in tone that you get from that thing is ridiculous. It's it's unbelievable because there's absolutely no. The thing about it before is some tone would be picked up from the room, and that would really add sometimes unpleasant color. Uh, bouncing off of things um, in the room, even if I tried my best to isolate myself, it still didn't completely work. This thing, I could record with this Isovox, I could record in any room of any shape with any, any it doesn't matter. It's always going to sound the same, you know. But you're recording yourself, so how do you yeah. hit record and stop? 
I have a really funny technique that takes me a little bit longer. Uh, but and if, if, if I were to put a, a, a camera behind me and do like a, you know, like say, uh, film myself for a half an hour and how I, what I do, it looks probably <laughs> looks ridiculous. You know, I'm actually working on a little bit of a more, uh, a, a more workable solution. What I should have, <clears throat> because I'm so, I'm so uh, picky and old school. Uh, I have to have the same keyboard that I've always had, which is not a wireless keyboard. It's a full, uh, but I can still I can buy a full sized um, wireless keyboard. I I know they exist, and I have an overlay for for Logic that mm -hmm. I'm used to, so I know where everything is, and I can hit everything quickly. Um, but what I ought to do is have a have a uh, you know a comfortable waist high stool or table next to me where I sing with a wireless keyboard and um, the pr and then have uh, what I could have is actually an iPad that was remotely showing me what my computer was also mm -hmm. showing me and put that inside the Isovox, which a lot of people do. And I'd never have to leave that. But what I do <clears throat> is I hit record and I jump over and get inside of it <laughs> and I record <laughs> And then I like, you know, I, I do even even for short little things I need to do. And then I jump out of it and go back. And, and, and I, so I get a lot of exercise when I'm singing, you know, when I'm when I'm recording tracks. And it probably looks really funny. So, kids, this is your this is your number one singing tip from Tony Arnell in and out of the ice folks for cardio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Tony, uh, love this interview. Is there anything you want to add? Any advice you'd like to give before we we close this out? I would just uh, like to say, Jamie, you know, I think that there are a lot of guys out there that are trying to do what you're doing. And, um, you know, I've, I've watched, um, a lot of them. I have a, I don't, I'm only doing two vocally so far, two vocally oriented interviews. And I have another one with someone I think, you know, um, Alex, uh, over in, uh, Russia. Oh, uh, Alex Shellist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, I don't know a lot about him, but I see he's uh, he seems to be pretty serious and yeah, he seems uh, like seems a, good a pretty cool guy. And he wants to do an interview with me about singing. But I have to say, um, <clears throat> for people out there that that are looking for somebody and and they see all these guys out there that are promoting all this crazy stuff and sing like this guy and sing like that guy and um, people tearing apart, you know, like you said, Adele and trying to paint a picture of how. Trust me on this. Most of these people, and it's uh, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to diss anybody, but in my opinion, it's a waste of your time and money, and you're going to ruin. You have the potential, not necessarily, but you have the potential to ruin your voice. Go with either a renowned teacher that is local in your area that you can physically go sit in their studio and study properly like a don lawrence in new york and if you happen to be in new york he is taking people it's hard to get in with him but i highly recommend if you can afford it he is the best that for me and that's nothing against jamie but what i will say is jamie you are the best i've come across uh in the for the reasons that you you do everything in a very cautious way uh you study you're not arrogant. You don't claim to have all the answers and you're always open to new things. And, um, and you know, one thing I have to say quickly is Don taught me to keep it simple. And 
So I do. He doesn't give his students a lot of words and a lot of anatomy, anatomy stuff to think about. Keep it simple. With a singer, they just want to get a sense of what they need to do to sing better. They don't need anatomy classes. They don't need to visualize unnecessary things. They need things that are simple and effective and direct and point A to point B. That's all a singer wants to do. They don't want to get a science lesson so or a biology lesson. So my, my advice is find Jamie and start working with him or find somebody local. Don't fall for the gimmicks and the uh, imposters out there because there's a ton of them and uh, you don't want to ruin your voice and waste money. Well, I, I thank you for the praise, but I can also say find Tony. I know that you teach. I've watched I do. you teach. I, I think you're an amazing coach. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you remember this, but it was like 10 years ago when you said, hey, you ever hear of Skype? I was like, yeah, well, we ought to start teaching on Skype. So you and I hopped on Skype and we yeah. we talked for a little bit and he said, I gotta go. I want to eat some, I want to eat a sandwich. All right, see you later. About a year later, you called me. You ever get you ever do that Skype thing? I was like, Yeah, I've been teaching. I guess I better start trying it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so I you, think that we were I think we were way ahead of the curve with with that. And uh, yes, absolutely. And I, I, I know that um that that that's that way of teaching is very common these days. Um so I use I use FaceTime and Skype and mm -hmm. maybe I'll try using this now that uh, you got me on this because it seems to be pretty uh, stable and pretty clear. So, um, you know, I have another platform now I can use. But uh, that's basically all I want to say is that, you know, for anybody who's a fan of mine already, thank you for that. And please buy the new record, Starbreaker Dysphoria. It's available wherever you buy your music, download it or buy the CD. Uh, you can get it directly through Frontiers Music um, or uh, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon, any place where you buy music or stream music, it's there. Well, Tony, thank you for coming on my podcast. Uh, you were the one I wanted on here first, so I reached my goal. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's been great. Uh, everyone, please do check out Dysphoria. I love this record. I'm not saying that because he's my friend. I'm saying it because I love great music, and I'm simply blown away by it. And you will be, too, knowing that he recorded this in his apartment. That is amazing. So, singers, uh, that's it for this Sing Better Fast podcast, and we will see you in the next podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sing Better Fast podcast. Be sure to subscribe for new podcast releases, events, and other great vocal resources at singbetterfast.com.